0: On Grindr and all those kind of dating apps, is like uh, that kind of hookup apps. Is that there's something about being like, yeah, it's refreshingly honest. There's also something a little bit scary about that, yeah, because it's so against how I've been socialized. How all of us right, been socialized? Right, there's a right. there's a certain respectability you want in dating. There's, there's always this idea that you're not supposed to go up to someone and say, "Let's fuck tonight." I am. I, I'm, I'm. a little uncomfortable hearing my voice. Uh, oh like
1: really?
0: Because usually in my head, what I hear <laughs> is like a normal sounding voice, yeah. like a, like a like a totally normal guy. And when I speak, I sound like Elmore Fudd's retorted cousin. Yeah. And uh, from New York, and that's and <laughs> so that's weird to me.
1: You do uh, have a. You talk. Yeah, With the thing you got so the thing.
0: So it's funny, and um, since I've kind of left New York uh, when I was in London, now that I'm here, uh, most people just sort of think it's a it's an authentic New York accent. And uh, but when I'm back in New York, people recognize it for what it is, which is a speech impediment. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you right. can
1: mask, you can mask oh, yeah. your speech impediment as uh, exotic here. Yeah,
0: here it's like, oh, Jesse's a real New York Jew. He's uh, he's he likes the bagels. He he, he uh, You know that's and it it becomes a part of my personality as well. I mean, I'm, I'm very New York when I'm outside of New York. In right. New York, all my friends are New Yorkers, so it's it's uh, it's normal for me. But here, it's much more a part of my identity because most of my friends are from all over. And
1: yeah, I, I'm not around New Yorkers very often. So when I am around a New Yorker, I'm like fascinated. There's yeah. a lot to the I used to. I visited New York a couple of times and every time I was there, I was like, dude, I could fucking live in this place because you're I love so, yeah. you are in such a, uh, it's like, it's like a, a waterfall. Like this is a creek. The water's never moving. You see the same goddamn people and I'm exaggerating, but my hometown specifically, like 6,000 people. So you see the same people every day. Yeah. They're in the same place. You have the same conversation. Like everyone knows everything about you and it's so stagnant. Whereas New York, it's like, dude. Even if you wanted to see that guy again, you,
0: you might could not, go. Yeah.
1: You could go ten years and b- before you run and into him. Well,
0: I always love about big cities, and I, so I lived in the suburbs in New York. I love it whenever I go into New York City. Um, but I, when I lived in London, it was the same thing. Is that everything is at my fingertips? Uh, if I want to, uh, if I want. So I lived in London for about eight months, uh, around 2019, 2020. I ended up leaving during COVID. And anything I wanted to do, it was a walk or a subway ride away. If I wanted to see a movie, it was five minutes. If I wanted Arab food, uh, there was a great Syrian restaurant, walk away. Yeah. If I wanted to go see a western show, it was a 30 minute train ride. I could go to TKTS, I could buy tickets for cheap. And uh, I just think there's a real freedom to it. Uh, I think, you know, it's weird to me that a lot of Americans view, like, oh, the car driving, that's freedom. No, for me, freedom is I can just walk everywhere. I don't have to worry about filling up the car with gas or worrying about, like, technical problems. I can just I can just do what I
1: want. Have you done much, like, road tripping in the in the U.S.? Like, have you been on a trip to where you're, like...
0: Unfortunately not. Maybe uh, probably a post-law school. I really want to do a post-law school trip. You should. Before I, before I start, uh, start my job. I'm I mean, you to.
1: could even make it, like, kind of a bit of a comedy tour where you're, like, yeah. you know, hitting some spots on your way. That'd be fun, yeah. I like... Um, when you were talking about freedom, like uh, I've been on a couple of road trips and there's something about having a car and being in the middle of fucking Kansas where you're like, I'm here because I just wanted to be here, you know, and you don't feel any of the constraints of anything. Whereas in like a a highly dense urban environment, it's like, yes, you do have that cultural freedom to experience a lot of different uh, tastes and stuff, but ultimately you're constrained by, uh just the steel and the concrete yeah. and you know. No, and it's the like
0: people and the No, I get you. I, I've always wanted to go on a real road trip, I think. Um, but I wouldn't want to live there. I wouldn't want to live in the middle of Kansas because eventually at some point I'll go, Wow, I really want good Chinese food. I can't get that here. There's <laughs> all my other Jews.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you would be I, I feel like you need other Jews around I you. Do. I do. Do you have other Jews around you in this uh in, in law school, yeah. That, well. In law school, I do. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you
0: know, law is not really a uh, profession that Jews are particularly known for. And, uh, uh, you know, like like medicine and, and accounting, there aren't really any Jews. Uh, I you know, see. But, I, yeah, I, I definitely need Jews around me in my life. If not, because uh, if, if no one knew I was Jewish, I would come across as very anti-Semitic.
1: Yes. I've yes. Similar <laughs> with the sexuality thing. There's yeah,
0: sexuality and disability. I mean, I'm sure you know. I, I because yep. I'm I'm autistic. I'm, I'm. You're autistic. I'm autistic. Yeah.
1: Ah, oh, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> what? We're learning today, folks. You have autism.
0: Yeah. I was uh, so I was diagnosed as a kid with uh, PDD and of. How old were you? Oh gosh, maybe three, four, or something. How
1: I, do they diagnose a three-year-old?
0: Well, I was. I had started talking and then I'd stopped. And I started running around and flapping my arms, and I guess it wasn't that uh, that hard to figure it out by that point. Yeah, and um,
1: because I on it, I'm gonna interrupt, but you seem not. You don't seem autistic. I'm
0: very social. Yeah, yeah. I think what, what I'd say is that oftentimes it kind of manifests in different ways. There are areas which that's that's a trained response. I'm yeah. good. At, I I was, you know, I was trained at how to be social from a young age, and I got good at it. It's a skill. Yeah. Um, that I haven't, you know, a lot of people who are, who are autistic, uh, don't have, but I, um, uh, I, 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 but the other areas, if you saw me, you go, okay, this guy's artistic. Like <laughs> if you saw, like executive functioning is very low for me. I definitely have, if you what look is at executive my, functioning,
1: what does that mean? Like keeping
0: yourself organized. That's sort oh, of thing. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Well then maybe I have autism. <laughs>
0: Because, like, if you look at, like, my, my, there's on a basic level certain things, time management and organizing my space, and those basics that keep me alive as a person, uh-huh. yeah, I'm not good at. Um yeah. and I also think... But that is th- that,
1: it, well, is that because, like, you, you, it's almost like, I, I went through a period of time where I would, like, make the excuse for myself. It's like, um... Like uh, I I started doing psychedelics and so I was like, oh, the rules of society don't, (laughs) they're not real. And then I would like, I would sort of neglect the rules of society because I had the excuse that allowed it. You know, it's like the non-reality of it allowed me to like neglect it. And then much further down, I was like, I should probably figure that shit out again. You know, it's like, so I wonder if like having the diagnosis of autism maybe... Uh, created a cradle of sorts for you to kind of, like, not develop some of those things.
0: Maybe. I I will say I I did try very hard to do so in this case. There are some people who I think that's true. I think there are some autistic people I've met, and this isn't universally true. It's particularly common among a certain sect of, like, white men in the autism world who kind of use it, particularly in social situations, use it as the excuse for really shitty behavior, <laughs> and uh, I think that we can all agree there's a certain difference between not understanding social situations and when you make someone uncomfortable, and not caring
1: when you make someone uncomfortable. Right, right. Which right. I think
0: is the big difference for me. Yeah. I care. I, I really care. I care I, yeah. a great deal, yeah. I, and I think about that a lot.
1: Do you have any apologies you like to make publicly? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, a lot, actually. <laughs> I'm just uh, sorry, generally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just know when you talk to me, I feel sorry and bad. I like
0: to generally say <laughs> I'm an idiot and I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. Because I've harbored a resentment against you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I. You're. You're a great. I. In terms of like interpersonal, you're one of the people that I just genuinely enjoy. Like I was excited I about that. this podcast because I was like, it's going to be easy to talk to him because I. I feel that. Gen. You know. Like sometimes when you talk yeah. to someone, you have to put on that effort. To like make it interesting or make it cool or make it relevant. It's like I feel like with you I can just like say things and oh, you're gonna say that. things Thank back. You. I appreciate that. Means that. A lot. I think it's a you thing. Yeah.
0: Well I, I I just love people, honestly. I, do too. I, I really like people. I like talking to people, I like yeah. meeting new people. I've it, it, it's funny, I don't know if there's any other autistic person in the world who can say this, but I've never had a real issue making friends.
1: See, I th- that's why I think your <laughs> parents might have just fucked you over. <laughs> They're like, well, this kid's autistic, but then they just didn't know. How do you know? Like, that's part of it. It's like- well, I, I definitely
0: do think, because I, I, I definitely see the behaviors and I definitely see those those trends and the and uh, Because it's not just like executive, like, th- even in social situations, there are nuances I miss. And that particularly becomes the case- in a lot of like friendship situations and meeting people, you don't see it as much because that's the kind of thing I was trained for when I was younger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when you're in, in elementary school and they're teaching you how to be social as an autistic person, what they're teaching you to do is, okay, so this is what someone looks like when they're happy, when they're sad. This is a way you can have an, be interested in someone. And this is, this is how you can have a conversation and not make it only about the thing you want to talk about. But, where it becomes, I think, more apparent is any kind of romantic context. Uh, because I, I, it's something a lot of my friends don't understand because I'm very good with meeting people who, in a friendly context. I'm horrible in romantic or sexual Okay, so what why?
1: Mo- why? Why, why, why? Because they
0: didn't teach me that. There was no part of my life where they said, well, Jesse, uh, you don't understand social cues. This is how you know if someone's romantically interested in you. This is how you know if someone's, uh, and I'm not saying they should have. I'm not so so I would have wanted to have a an adult have a conversation with me. Yeah. When I was yeah Fourteen. When they, this is out when you know someone's aroused. house. I don't think I want to. <laughs> but I think that's common because people it because that's not a conversation we want to have, I think when I got older, there were certain cues that I missed. So I'm I'm it's not just that I'm bad at recognizing if someone's interested in me. I simply have no clue What to look for, and no matter how much someone says to me, "Oh, this is what you look for," it's it. it Really, it just is no recognition there. It's it's like so. uh, So, meaning,
1: like someone could have their genitals out (laughs) and be reaching for yours, and you'd be like, "We're friends." Though, like, what? What do you mean? Is it just like like how they talk to you? You're not sure if there's intent. You can't identify the intent behind
0: it. It's actually in some ways a little bit worse because it would my my default. Is, to, is that I've done something wrong. Yeah. So there'll be times, you know, sometimes I'm okay, but sometimes even if I'm in that situation, I will actually default to I must have done something wrong to get this into this situation. Is that a but religious really, background? Is that It's a, not religious. It's uh, because I didn't grow up religious. I, think, I, I, think. I didn't even really believe in God until college. And um, that was a, uh, that's just personal. It's just, I think something, when I grow up kind of with a knowledge that I need to, pick up on social cues that's something that's tru- I have trouble with, it's much easier to uh, to just default to, well, there must've been something I missed. And so my default is I blame myself. Yeah. And that, beca- that creates a lot yeah. more difficulties in, 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 <laughs> in romance and, yeah. in, in, in sexual, in sexuality and, and, I think that's become a real um that's a real barrier, I think. For
1: but me. I think like um I, I would guess that you are maybe one or two good experiences away from relaxing that part. It's almost like when you think about like the the incel culture where yeah. it's like you 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 are so well, really anything where like the self consciousness is so strong that it creates a callus from a new experience. It's like um like I've I've been with women before who are um are overwhelmed with anxiety around sexuality and really all they need is one experience to relax them a little bit and then they're like oh my god i just had a bad experience and then my impulse in dealing with experiences was adapted to that bad experience and so it's like it's like is something wrong with yeah. you or is it just that you just haven't had like a like an, uh the the appropriate intimate experience to where you could really recognize what a true signal is or what a false signal maybe. is
0: maybe i mean i think that I, i've had in uh, i've been in relationships before i think i actually find the dating apps easier because when I'm, i meet someone on a dating app what apps are you on i'm on tinder i'm on hinge i'm on bumble okay and um I, when i meet someone on an app uh, i know that what they're looking for and it's socially acceptable to just say what are you looking for? Do you <laughs> want it to be more of a casual thing, more so of a of a of a. But the in person, I think. If is... If I'm meeting someone at the bar, it's more of a trouble. I, I also think I'm much better at being in a relationship than uh, than than trying to date. Like when I'm when I'm in a relationship, I think yeah. it comes more naturally because I just know a person really well. Yeah. So I'm good at being thoughtful. I'm good at um. I'm, all all of it. I think I'm good at. Right. But when right, it's right. Someone I. I don't really know that that's really tough for me.
1: I get uh, that. I, I, yeah, I feel similar, similar, I guess. Like I feel like, um, when I'm, when I'm interacting with, I'm not good at closing so I can have all this flirtatious banter. And like, then whenever it's time where it's like the night's over and we're at the bar, I'm like, you were cool (laughs) you know it's like i don't know how to be like come over you know (laughs) like i'm not very good at that that i always that uh, part because where it comes from is this feeling in me of like maybe i read this wrong yeah it's this feeling of like maybe i've been having a different experience than they're having and the fear of rejection of like because it's like if we were to reconcile our experiences if yours doesn't match up that's painful and i don't want to be perceived as someone out of touch with that
0: I think for me, it's it's less even rejection because I can I can take a no pretty well, but what I worry about is that I've made someone uncomfortable, and I'm yeah. worried that I'm I'm going to say something that's disappointing. <laughs> that's really more of it. I'm like if, Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I have the guilt, you know, uh, I don't want to make God unhappy. You know? um, but I I just am worried about that. I'm worried about if I if I say that next step, hey, do you want to go on a date that not that they're going to say no and, be you know, then we'll be friends and it's a little awkward for a little while, but I'll be fine. I've done that before and it's fine. Um, it's that they're going to think, oh, Jesse's a creep. Jesse's, um, uh, you know, Jesse is uh that doesn't understand when like an obvious social cue. I'm yeah. worried I miss something so obvious. But
1: where does that come from? Because I've not had an experience with you where I, f- and obviously we don't have a romantic connection, but like I don't have an experience. We don't? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought that we could just suck each other's dicks and not like have feelings. I thought that was
0: what this was about. I thought this was
1: a... Uh, no, this I, is how I got you I on the podcast.
0: The, <laughs> I got the, the the red thong for you. ever. Right have
1: on. Really? All right, we'll cut the commercial break. Oh, I right. need to see this. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, uh, I haven't, I haven't absorbed in you uh, um, a reduction in capacity for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I haven't noticed that, but I mean, we haven't really been around each other all that much.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, if you ever see me trying to talk up a woman in a boa, that's uh, that's gonna that's be where it is. Yeah, yeah. okay. You'll, you'll see it more if you if, really anyone romantic content. If you ever see me with someone I obviously have like a crush on, you'll you'll see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think probably no, you know. that's true, but I think like that's probably true. That's true of me, a- Andy. Are, is that are you that way too? Like, if you like a chick, are you like oh, do you, Do you have a worse personality because of the fear or the anxiety? I was I was single for a long time before. Yeah. That was because I just didn't, I hated yeah. So I don't know if that's like an autism thing or if I mean he's probably autistic. Uh <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> no. I
0: believe we 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 do comedy. We're definitely autistic. Yeah.
1: I. I. I hope I am. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I, I, I want the excuse to where I could just hold up a card that's like autism, you know. But it's not. Yeah, uh, I don't know.
0: I think also. I mean, uh, there's other areas where I see it, but it's. Uh, I think that's something where socially it's the most present. I think that's where I, uh, again, the most trouble with with really reading people, reading mm-hmm. people's faces, trying to figure out tone of voice. Tone mm-hmm. of voice is a big one for me. Really. Yeah, I have All I have right. trouble with my voice sometimes.
1: <clears throat> don't fucking talk to her. What tone is that? I think upset. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think.
0: Uh, what are you doing later? That is a little aroused. Yeah. So I don't but it could have... be in a friendly way. Oh.
1: <laughs> what are you doing later? Definitely friendly.
0: <laughs> Definitely just wants to be friends.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I don't... I don't... Uh, see... I wonder how much of it is that you don't have the capacity versus you undercut your capacity.
0: Oh, it might it might be that undercut. It totally might be in my head. You know, it's it's possible that it's just me getting so anxious about uh-huh. it that it just just destroys con- my or confidence. Or like, and
1: maybe that was programmed into you from from childhood experiences yeah. where it's like, oh, this is how I am. I, I remember. I, so I was a. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, (laughs) Drink every time I say adopted. I was adopted and um, when I went into my new family, it created an extreme self-consciousness of, is my behavior the right behavior? Because I'm being analyzed by a totally new party. Mm. And it's not like school where you're like, oh, this is eight hours and I get a break. This was like, this was what I came home to was the analyzation and so it created a self-consciousness in me of, is my behavior the correct behavior? And that eventually, like, it's like feedback on uh, electrical devices. Like if you've got an audio device or a video device and you're playing it back to itself, yeah. it starts to get... And that, that to me is that um, neuroses or being neurotic about your personality or your behavior can start to create that thing to where it interferes with your function And if you can relax that and just be like, you know what, fuck the consequence. There's a spectrum to it, but fuck the consequence of how I am. I would rather be myself and kind of just allow the world externally to calibrate and allow myself to calibrate to the external world and have like a a harmonious relationship rather than be so in that that neurosis to where you're just experiencing your own feedback. To where you can't really participate, like, because I know people in my life and 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 people that I've just kind of casually met that it's like they're so neurotic that they're not capable of an authentic conversation because they're hyper analyzing. Yeah, you don't seem that way at all to me.
0: I I think I'm in a conversation. I I kind of I'm able to feel things out much easier. I will say one thing I think that reminds me of within the disability space is an essay I once read by Cal Montgomery, it was called On Stupidity. And one of the ideas is that, of the essay, is that, I do, and this is a different, because it's stupidity rather than neurosis, but uh, that it's almost socialized into people. Because when you grow up with an understanding you're not going to know things, you are socialized into being the kind of person who doesn't know things. Yes. And in that case, it might be, you might not ask basic questions you don't understand because everyone's just going to assume you're the kind of person who doesn't know things. So yes. you're like, well, I don't know it. That's what I am. That's why I was so. like you see to that being.
1: with like dumb blonde, like that that yeah. archetype, to where it's like I'm an idiot. And it's like when you get to know them, it's like you actually do have plenty of depth. Yeah, everyone has depth. Or That's the w-
0: you'll see it in the disability space. You'll see people with Down syndrome who, you know who are just socialized into believing that they, they shouldn't ask questions. They, they don't know it. They're confused. Of course they're confused. And I think that ends up perpetuating a cycle by which people are unable to really grow and right. change because people just assume they're incapable of doing it. Right. When a lot of people with disabilities, a lot, all of us are, are capable of growing and changing and, and and want to do that. I think that's something fundamental to who we
1: are. Have you seen uh, Peanut Butter Falcon?
0: I have not. Okay. I, I want to see it. I've heard okay.
1: it, it is, uh, it's a good movie for a couple of reasons. One, I really like Sh- Shia LaBeouf. Is that his name?
0: Shia LaBeouf, yeah.
1: LaBeouf, is that? Okay, I don't, I'm never confident. <laughs> I know what it is, and I'm never confident saying it. But uh, he's an interesting actor just because he's, like, so volatile as a person. But in that movie, it casts uh with them, one of the main characters is a kid that actually has Down syndrome, and it shows how he's perceived publicly, how he's treated publicly. Um, Shia's interaction with him is a little bit more nuanced because, he, like, that's the that's the arc of the movie is their relationship deepening, but um, it shows like really the dynamicism, I guess, of like people with Down syndrome, like. Yeah. I think a lot of times, like you take a, a disability label and you put it on that person, and then you perceive them only through that slit, and it's an incorrect slit because they're just as broad as as any other person. And it was cool in that movie because you got to see this down syndrome person who was like self-aware and it's like yeah. it's weird to think of someone that is like uh mentally disabled as self-aware that's the clip that <laughs> that's the worst thing i think i could ever see i'm surprised at how self-aware disabled people are like yeah. they they have the same amount
0: and and i've really started i actually wrote my dissertation in uh in grad school about uh the autism rights movement and what you'll find is and there's a lot of real strong academic work within disabled communities about what it means to be disabled. Yeah. Um, so what I subscribe to personally is something called the social model of disability. And it's a, uh, it was a way to combat the medical model. The medical model of disability was, well, you have an imp- impairment. You're blind. You're deaf. You can't walk. That means ma- that's what makes you disabled. And the social model of disability says, no, disability is societal. Um, we all have impairments of some kind. Um, you know, someone might need glasses, and you know, in the sense, that's an impairment, right? Because they, their eyes are not functioning as they as they need to. But they live in a society that's that's very accom- accommodating
1: of people who right. are sighted, right? And we have the sighted. technology to yeah. to bridge the gap.
0: But someone who is blind, they don't have that same thing, right. same gap. I, I used to date a blind woman. And she <laughs> she has shown up in, in my set a few times. She's like,
1: you promise you look like Taylor Lautner? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely do. I for sure look like
0: him. I promise I'm eight feet tall. <laughs> she always knew everything I would I was doing, too, which is weird. Like, if I would want to, like, sneak a French fry off a plate, she would always go, you know, I, I know you did that. That's,
1: but what? that. But, okay, so we've got two. We're, we're, we're bifurcating. But <laughs> on one tree... That's fascinating because when you don't have eyesight, it's like um it, we're all a little self-conscious of seeing too clearly. You know what I'm saying? You can't stare at a person because if you stare, they're going to get uncomfortable and you're yeah. you're you're violating social norms. If you're blind, you could turn your awareness up to 12 and it's no one's batting mm-hmm. an eye at that. So they probably are perceptive to deeper things than like Even a sighted person. Well,
0: what they they are is they're used to being blind. They've, you know, they've, they've, uh, my my ex had spent uh, decades of her life being a a blind person. She was blind since birth, so she was good at it. It was a skill. She was good at being blind. And she was good at being blind in a way that didn't freak people out. Because literally there's no reason why as a blind person you couldn't walk down the street with your eyes closed. You could do it. They, she was actually taught not to do it. Not for her benefit because it would freak people out. Was she
1: taught to keep her eyes forward?
0: Like, um, do, do they have
1: motor so motor awareness? It, it of-
0: depends on the blind person. My ex, her eyes would go all over the place. Uh, so so I, I, my, I don't know if, I don't think it's the same for every blind person. But m- my ex-girlfriend, she would like, it looked like she was constantly looking out all over the place with her eyes. Like they would just move on their uh, own. Yeah. Um, she's actually gotten in trouble a couple times as a kid. People saying, you know, uh, sh- you you were uh, staring at me, and she's like, I I what did you think was happening? That's
1: that's a. Uh, you uh, think
0: th- I just really loved life? I, I just look at everything.
1: <laughs> there's a there's a really interesting story of a of a comic who uh, he was doing a set. He's a famous comic now, and uh, he was doing a set, and one of the ladies at the table up at the front near the stage, like he's, he's halfway through his set, and he was like, he called out to her, and he said, Hey why aren't you looking at me? Like this whole time, you're not looking at me. And her friend goes, she's blind. Ah. And he started bombing because like, and and his main point of telling that story was that essentially you can never back down. Whatever, whatever, and this feels very, very true. Whatever... Point of view you take, you must be committed wholeheartedly, even if it's a wrong point of view, because eventually you'll get to where it's so ridiculous that it that it resolves itself. But if you go and then you retreat back, you've broken the illusion of comedy.
0: Yeah, I I agree. On stage, you really have to commit to everything you do. Yeah, even even if it makes you look like a little bit of an asshole, that's that can be funny. And
1: it's like it's like there's the frailty of the asshole can always be revealed. Yeah. Like, I like watching stand-up where the person comes across a certain way, and then, like, they're in on the joke. And then when they're in on the joke, then they start to joke on who they are. And, it, it yeah, yeah, it's it's very pleasing.
0: No, I, I think that's 100% true. I think you need to be, I think part of it just comes from you need to be confident with what you're doing and what your act is. Uh, I am 100% confident I would that every single joke I tell on stage, not only is it, like, okay for me to say it because it's, like, a joke, it is Okay, okay 100% for me to tell 100% it's okay for me from to from the tell context that. of from the context of like my li- like I, I my routine goes into really dark places it I does mean, it, it covers uh uh sexuality and and sexual assault and homophobia and uh all, but all of it's very, uh suicide and it all from a very personal place yeah and you know, it wouldn't be too... I, I'm surprised I haven't yet gotten someone getting very, very upset.
1: You know what you have? You have this special advantage of being a short-statured <laughs> Jewish guy with a speech impediment. Like, there are... Like, I'll watch you, and I'll I'll look across at the, the environment that's absorbing you, and I, they're all on board. They're yeah. all with it, because it's easy to root for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I... I
0: I don't look threatening. I look like a I look like a stand up comic because what I you look
1: do. like. You do, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be too hot if you're. Yeah. <laughs> you create these attack vectors if you are traditionally, um, if you're traditionally celebrated, you create attack vectors because people don't want you to say things. Yeah. And that's that's part of what drives me into the some of the deeper. Thank God that didn't start. That's the Roomba, and it's scheduled for two. Uh, cause if that started, it would have ruined this podcast. Uh, maybe it did ruin the podcast <laughs> by just doing the beep and now I'm talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the, that's part of what dri- drives me down into the deeper material is because it's the place where I feel like I can defend myself. It's like, I can say these things actually, because I experienced these things and, because we all have that same level of like everything can be sayable. Like, yeah. like Louis C.K. has this really fascinating um, quote where he was asked one time, like, "Is there anything that it should be off limits to joke about?" And he said, "That's the same question as asking a doctor if there's anything beyond curing, beyond attempting to cure." and i feel that so deeply yeah. because a lot of my comedy and the reason why i even am involved in stand up is because i want to transform like like you want to you want to take a thing and you want to flip it invert it split it combine it you want to you want to manipulate it so that it can be perceived in a different light and humor is the most To me, the most beautiful way of doing that, it's like you can take like if you can take someone where you take a taboo and you draw it out into the light and it's ingested with humor, you've then given the gift of relaxing the person. You've relaxed the audience into these gray areas of just being alive. Like we're all alive. Rape, pedophilia, racism, these things are not disappearing. They'll never go away the only way that we can find a way forward is to be able to integrate them into ourselves. And if you can find a way to like do that manipulation and give it back to people, then they can, uh, there's something about that. That is, that is, it feels athletic almost. It feels like there is an athleticism to joke writing or to going into that material to where it's like, I don't know. There, uh, there's almost a physics to it too, to where it's like, we're able to transform this thing for these people.
0: I think also it's, it's not just helping the audience. I think for me, it's therapeutic. Yeah. There's, this things I joke about on stage. I cannot talk about off stage. And uh, I imagine you can guess which routine I do that. <laughs> that's the, that I actually cannot speak about off stage yeah. that I, I feel like I can say on stage. And um, oftentimes it's just a w- sometimes even it's just, Putting things I f- am afraid about about myself out there—it yeah. sounds so absurd, and it gets that laugh, and it makes me feel better about it. There's a joke I think I did once where I say that I look like uh, uh, I look like Harvey Weinstein, and it's one of my favorite jokes to do with my friends. And but there's something therapeutic about that because I know I'm I'm very self conscious about how I look, and oh, yeah. or saying uh, I I sound like uh, Elmer Fudd's retarded cousin, which is how I began this podcast. I think there's something therapeutic it's so absurd of a thing to say but it's also it, it makes me feel a little bit better about about things that i'm self-conscious
1: it de- about. it de-weaponizes those things yeah to where you can't be hurt by them because you've accepted and expressed them yeah, exactly and and it even exaggerated them it's like if you exaggerate it then it's even more padding yeah. i i i get that i i really do get that i feel like um I don't feel like you're an unattractive man. I feel like you. You're really. I'm. I'm fat and bald and Jewish. No. Okay. First of all, <laughs> take the Jew part out because we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But I mean, like, like.
0: I'm a fat, bald, okay, autistic Okay, So in Those the gay community,
1: at at the very least, there is a, uh, there is a bear. Yeah, you know, I'm, bear? I'm. I'm
0: familiar with that. So yeah. it's like it's like
1: that's a yeah. whole that's a whole. But
0: the thing about aesthetic men is that well so I. When, I, when I'm on like uh, on Grindr, uh I uh,
1: you didn't list that one earlier. <laughs> I didn't. I
0: didn't list that. one. I only really use it for dating. That's <laughs> not <laughs> what I'm doing that for.
1: Uh, oh my god! Yeah, dude, the gays are horny.
0: They but they're also like psychopaths. Like I think I, I joked about it, uh, in my last set I did. Like See, they, it yeah. is like it's easier to find a man who will find me attractive because they are horny people. Right. But they are very cruel if they don't find someone attractive. I see you have said that before. Yeah, too. it's very, it's very physical, and I think it's much more socially acceptable. I think to, that to make that I, explicit. Thing, so I, right?
1: there's an interesting like. So I, I love mapping everything to like the evolutionary path. So like the evolutionary path seems to be the most fundamental. Descriptor for why things are the way that they are, and when you think about male female relationships and male female um psychological uh developments, it's like there is a balance that's struck between the female saying, Oh no, and like the male having to be chivalrous and a good person to 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 fucking calm that woman into releasing herself it's like that seems to be good. And when it's male male, they're like, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> you know, like there's no there's no like there's no like you need to have that that female element to create that balance. Uh, you know, I'm like, this isn't true. I, but.
0: but I also think that there's an extent to which like making the physical very explicit as a criteria is more socially acceptable within same sex couples. If uh, you know, if, if you talk to a woman, she said I could never date a short guy. Like, you know, that's, it's okay to have your preference, but I think a lot of people, there's a little part of you that might say, oh, fuck you. Wow. Um, or if, like, you see a guy and he's like, I would never date a fat chick. You know, it's okay to have your preferences, but, you know, if you're not attracted to bigger women, that's fine. But there might be a little bit of a part of you that goes,
1: but Come in the same on. sex, you think that it's I think it's
0: I think it's more. I think it's more socially acceptable in in ways that are actually quite problematic. I mean, you'll get female
1: female too, or are you just talking oh, I don't about know. Male, male. I, I'm talking yeah, about no. I male no male. Yeah, because the male male almost feels like yeah.
0: I don't know about women women. I I have I have no uh, understanding of that uh, dynamic. Sure. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm I'm not a woman uh, dating woman. Yeah, you uh, don't
1: identify as such. I don't.
0: Yeah. And um the but with with male male, I think oftentimes it's just. Like you go on Grindr and it's a lot of people think it's very socially acceptable to just say, oh, no black people or I want black people specifically. If you went on Tinder and you came across someone who said no blacks in their profile.
1: Oh, my God. That would would be be, that would be reported. Yeah. Not only
0: would it be reported, that would be something you talk about for a long time. And that would be the event of your day. And it's common on so the,
1: the opposite side of that is maybe there's a positive element to it because um there's so much of like the the there's such a dishonest dance yeah. in all of the mainstream really everything everything woke culture is really the the pinnacle of it but there's uh there's this weird hypocrisy between the inside of you and what's expressed. Yeah. So it's like what I'm expressing is blah, blah, blah. But on in the inside, I'm... <laughs> and there's a... Um, it's like maybe there are these pockets to where it's like, well, we're just here to fuck, where yeah. you can be an honest version of yourself. And maybe there is a an element where you can... I don't know. It's like it's there's a really interesting modality for describing addiction to where the addiction itself is the is the individual trying to heal to where it's like, even if it's heroin or if it's sexual addiction or whatever it is, it's, it's the unconscious trying to reconcile itself back to a healthy integration to society. So there's like almost like, um, I almost value those, those fringes like to where it's like, Hey, there's no pretext here. This is what I want. This is who I am. This is who you are. This is what you want. And it's like, if you can come together, honestly, like, I don't know. There, there, I wish I, we I had more of that in mainstream, mainstream. I think
0: there's a you know there's a limit. I think we can probably agree that you know racism is bad and 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 having these race like putting that out there probably is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> racism is bad. Now, Definitely. No but, no, but like that that extremism is bad. But I think the one thing I think you're right that is good is there is a refreshing honesty. Yeah. When it comes to saying, listen. Just out and out. I just want to fuck. This is the body I want to fuck. If you're that body. Come here. Come here. You know, I think yeah. there's an honesty to that. Um, well, it's it's, it's it's not a yeah. dating environment I like, but I appreciate the honesty. Yeah,
1: I understand that. I understand that a lot. Because
0: I, I much prefer the, I think probably because of how I view myself, I much prefer dating environments where there's more of like, well, this is my preference, but I kind of am able to. Try out different things and we'll see, because that's how I am. I find that I, I don't have much of a physical type. There's certain traits I kind of like, but I'm you know I'm willing to feel you it like, out, like
1: the more like uh, interpersonal.
0: Well, I mean, like like um, going like physically, like the, well, I guess physically, personality wise, like there's traits that I I gravitate towards. It has, to I'm, has to be breathing. Has to be breathing. I don't fuck corpses oh. anymore, and uh. <laughs> has to be, uh, you know, breathing, uh, uh, I guess, uh, maybe two working eyes should be on my list. Oh uh, shit. You know <laughs> more blind kidding. people? Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> um, no, but I think that the, um, but I have certain traits and then I kind of like, and then I, I kind of, I'm open-minded. I, 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 I like a dating environment that's like that because I think that's more, my worry is always in that kind of dating environment. Well, it's. The person excluded is always going to be me. It's always going to be kind of a bigger, kind of awkward guy, right? Um, and and that's I think in grindo I find that very alienating. It's one of the reasons why um, I've been I've been mostly out for a little while now, and you know I haven't slept with many men, and uh, I have friends who are bisexual and they've slept with like dozens of yeah, men. Yeah, I mean yeah. they, it's very easy if you want to sleep with a man. Uh, if your standards are low enough, you <laughs> will find oh a man. Oh my
1: god! Yeah, I could in five minutes get fucked by a dude <laughs> like somewhere.
0: Oh yeah, if if your standards are low enough, yeah, you can find a man who will fuck you. Yeah, Uh emphasis on low enough. <laughs> there are, I mean, oh my god, it's the thing. There's there's no bottom to that pit, um, <laughs> but. I think it's one of the reasons like there's a certain blockage for me on Grindr and all those kind of dating apps is like that kind of hookup acts, is that there's something about being like, yeah, it's refreshingly honest. There's also something a little bit scary about that. Yeah. Because it's so against how I've been socialized. How all of us have right, been socialized. There's right, a right. There's a certain respectability you want in dating. There's, there's always this idea that you're not supposed to go up to someone and say, let's fuck tonight.
1: Well, it, it's a game. So, no. so, do you want the game of just um, red or black, red or black, red or black? That's so direct. And, or you could play an an you could play Elder Scrolls, to where the whole game of red and black is wrapped up in this elegant exploration of like, oh my gosh, how's it gonna go? Like, yeah. and it's like ultimately, it's the same game. You're, uh, every game is the same game. But you kind of like it dressed up a little bit. You want yeah. it to be a little playful, a little, yeah. I, I definitely. I find am. that it's even
0: though it's harder, it's something. It's an environment I'm more comfortable with. Yeah, uh, and it's the reason why I attended before, like those more mainstream dating apps and uh, people who you know kind of want talk things out and meet a few times, and 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 that's something I prefer more than like uh, uh, you know. Not, there's nothing against like just. I have nothing against just meeting a guy on the internet or going on the internet going and fucking that night. That sounds like a fun time to me. I just feel (laughs) like uh, maybe that's not something I'm equipped for. (laughs) uh,
1: I've noticed that um, uh, conventionally unattractive women are just as interesting you know what I'm saying it's like it's like I think psychologically as a male you are you are programmed to pursue the archetypical attractive female Mm -hmm. because of the status and the conquest and it's a reflection back to your value Mm -hmm. as a person but if you can find a way to kind of jettison that off the -hmm. reality of it is a lot more you know mercurial it's like there's there's a person who's not necessarily conventionally attractive but hot damn is the sex good you know or fascinating she loves the same things i like and it's like you can be involved with a person beyond just that the rubric that we inherited it's like we all had this rubric and we have to find a way to get rid of that rubric to really enjoy people the way that they are
0: also sometimes sexual attraction develops it's not always there for sometimes it develops because the personalities click yeah so sometimes for me i'll meet i'll see someone i'll go oh damn that person looks fine (laughs) and but just as often you know i'll you know i'll i'll I won't think any. I, I, I usually do. there's not many people I'll meet and I'll go. Oh damn that that guy's fugly. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um. But be, you know what? I don't have that. reaction. except to Lloyd. Lloyd
1: belly button. <laughs> very ugly. Very ugly guy. Lloyd belly
0: button is the probably the most attractive man in, in comedy. Oh Love really? to him.
1: Oh <laughs>
0: shit! <laughs> Bellybutton Uh. Besides me, of course. I'm. guy. You uh, are a I'm, a, I'm a daddy. Uh, are you a daddy? <laughs> no, that's not. That definitely... Uh, there's one thing I... What can,
1: is your label if you have one in the kitchen? Probably community. a bear. That, You're a bear?
0: I'm, I'm a, if, this, if there ever was a bear, that would be me.
1: But I feel like... I'm big and hairy. Yeah, I guess that's true. You are a bear. You're like a baby bear, though. I'm a, I am a baby bear. You're yeah. a baby bear. You're a gummy bear. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: I'm, I'm very sticky.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think like the 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 texture a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, he's soft. Yeah, uh, dude, I fucking love gummy bears. Just a quick aside: gummy bears were like my favorite candy for the longest fucking time.
0: I like gummy bears. It's been a long while, really, since you've had know, one. Since I've had one, the Haribo yeah. gummy bears. Mm. Fuck, dude. I was always more of those chocolate candies, though. A big like a Reese's or a. I loved Reese's growing up. Uh, I loved. I just loved. Uh, I, peanut butter was like a big thing for me. Just chocolate and peanut butter was just. Yeah. It's a good mm. combo. Uh, I think nowadays I'd say my favorites. I love Mounds Boys actually.
1: Yuck. No, Mounds Boys are good. That's got they, the nut in it.
0: No, no, no. The Mounds are the ones without the nut. That's it's almond great. joys. Okay. The almond joys, but no nuts. So it's yeah. just chocolate oh and coconut. Oh my God.
1: That's a Mounds?
0: Yeah. No, they're awesome.
1: I like those. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's the great. one, I would always eat the almond joy and, like, fucking spit out yeah, the almond. Yeah, I'm
0: not a huge, like, nuts guy, which mm, is uh surprising. Is a Yeah, a little ironic um, there. Yeah, it's just not the flavor of nuts like right before. <laughs> I have a I you um, like the salty. Yeah, the salty, a little bit oh, Do you like
1: the taste of cum?
0: No, no one likes the See, taste of
1: See, okay, some people do.
0: No one likes the taste of cum. I had a couple they of are.
1: dogs. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: You say you had a couple of dogs? No, no,
1: no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, wait, there are people who like cum. Yeah, they like. Andy, I think they, do you like cum? Do you like the taste of cum? You? And he's saying no. I, I don't think that's true. I think he's
0: lying to us. I think we need to interrogate. From the lot. smile. I well, think like, what about the taste of cum don't you like? I, just, I don't like the taste <laughs> many like well, <laughs> tried how, how many, have tried, how many have times have you tried it, though? I
1: haven't tried
0: it. Well, then how do you know, know, know you don't like it? Well, I feel like you should, you know, you should try things out. All
1: right, after this podcast, we'll we'll get we'll try a load. It, yeah. yeah, after
0: we'll, the podcast, I was thinking that's the finale.
1: No, we'll we'll each we'll each put a load in the blender. We'll s- we'll spin it up. Oh, in a blender. Okay, so you're telling me you don't like the taste to come, but no. you like the experience of.
0: Yeah, it's like a sexual thing. It's like do you do you like the taste of like like any juice, pussy or dick or like it's no, it's not about liking it. I actually like. It's it's not about like no it's not like liking the taste it's like the experience yeah, of the intimacy. Yeah, it's part and,
1: of how you're lost in the experience.
0: Yeah, it's it's the intimacy I like. It's it's the um, it, it's uh yeah it, it's the intimacy I think yeah. I, I appreciate you know everything I do and when, when you have sex with someone not every part of that's going taste or smell or feel the the maximum pleasantness. It, the, the intimacy is, is, is enjoyable.
1: That is true. The other side of that is there's a goddamn line somewhere. It's like, I feel really connected to you when you're scooping my shit into your mouth. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pass. Like, I <laughs> Let's just watch Netflix. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to lick an asshole unless... I I I was the got be a very clean asshole. That's what, what I'm, I'm saying. Just, yeah. It's like my first couple of vaginas when I was in high school were um, a little stinky. Like I was a little like yeah. perturbed by the odor and uh, was like, "What does this mean for me?" And it was later on that I, I guess somehow like won the, the lottery of a hygienic woman. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you bitches as nasty is what I'm saying. Ah, <laughs> uh, figure it out. Okay. Ah. Uh, but like that created a little bit of confusion of like why am I having this repulsion towards this thing yeah uh, and then like some people some people are like, man, I'm gonna eat that ass like I want that pussy juice with the blood like and it's like, why, oh god that that why are you okay with that? Is it what's wrong with you or what's wrong with me? But it's like it's the spectrum in which they yeah. experience. Well, that. I, I
0: actually like going down on a woman, but I, but it, yeah, it's not the taste that I like. It's the intimacy. It's 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 knowing it's that the whole, you're participating. Yeah, in their pleasure. I yeah. like I like you know I want I want her to enjoy herself, and I like the intimacy of it. And but it's it's not like that. It's not if you were to say, okay, we got this this beautiful steak, and we have seasoned it with a little bit of pussy juice, I would not eat that steak. <laughs> no. I would not I would not be happy with that experience. Uh, that's not what I'm for. Could you
1: just do like a... Like a a uh, little bit of cum, it's yeah. different. A little bit of <laughs> yeah. cum, it's like creamy. Like a like horseradish jizz. <laughs> <laughs> a
0: little bit of horse cum, that's
1: fine. Oh my not, God, not the pussy that juice. is nasty. <clears throat> I would rather take... Like pussy juice, it feels part of... It just feels, it feels right, whereas the idea of, like, a dude's jizz. Like, I will say, a dude's dick, cleaner than a pussy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about, I don't know, there's, like, an inside. Yeah. Ugh. Well, uh, the counterpoint, the thing
0: is, if you, if you have sex with, uh, if, if, you, if you eat a pussy, at some point a dick was inside it, thus making it gay. So the only way to ensure straightness is to suck a straight guy's dick. That's all you can do that dick has never never touched another dick or a man's ass.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. Look, I know that you feel comfortable in that logic. <laughs> but that logic has some fundamental cracks. I disagree. <laughs> You're sucking a dick to be straight? That's yeah, not. That it's, it's, not it's, it's, a, it's a fundamental truth. Of, no, of life. no, no. I think that if you... First of all, pussies replenish. So yeah. the penis that touched it... I remember I grew up Christian so I was very like preoccupied with like morality and that sort of thing and like I remember thinking um that you needed to be pure and that like like the, th- they told you that if you had sex you were permanently bo- bonded with that person and so it was like you were having sex with all of their previous partners and I was like, "Oh, I don't like that."
0: Thus making you gay.
1: Yeah, I think I'm a little gay. Yeah. I think everyone's any you got a little gay, yeah. 5% it's Yeah If you're saying It's a spectrum you gay Yeah <laughs> It's a It's a spectrum Only spectra- the straightest <laughs> people Think that they're straight
0: it, Well those are the gayest ones uh, For a long time I was like I'm straight I am a straight guy How
1: did you come out Like what was that experience So Was it drug induced Or It was uh, <laughs> Trauma induced It was actually Kind of a weird process So In
0: In middle school And high school One of the times I you a
1: really um, uh, A very Persuasive cousin <laughs>
0: You no, know, I saw a penis once, so I was like, you know what? Let's let's give it a ride. Um, no, I I was uh, in so in middle school, in high school when you kinda usually figure this out, I was I was like, Okay, I'm straight because yeah. I like women. Yeah. Because I think in my mind you are either gay or straight, and if you were bi that meant it was 50-50. You liked women and men equally, which is not how I which is not the case for me. You I, like I women had, more than men. I do perform men, yeah. Oh, you do? before women to men, yeah. No yeah. shit. But I but I like men too, and I and so that's not how I experienced being bisexual. I before women. I also like men. Um, and then in college, I didn't really get involved in that because I did not like the LGBT community at my school. I just I didn't like the student group very much. I found that they were very exclusive and they were particularly not friendly to bisexual people. Mm. So I think because of that. I there was just a part of my brain that was like I don't want to affiliate with this I don't want to be part of that and then grad school I'll be honest there was like a guy there was like a guy in grad school who was Australian <laughs> and we didn't we didn't like hook up or anything but I think that for me was the real turning point <laughs> for me to start actually thinking you know maybe I kind of like
1: men okay to describe this guy he was Australian he was
0: tall Australian guy he was blonde he was like hot.
1: Yeah, it was hot. It
0: was a hot dude. he was hot. He was really, hot. He loved movies. And he was gay,
1: or he was bi. He was bi. He was bi. He was bi. I see. Or maybe
0: pan, but he, was, he, was, he wasn't yeah. straight. Um, he wasn't straight, and he wasn't gay. So he was, you know, uh-huh. he was in betru- He was an undecided voter. I see. And um, our personalities really clicked, and he was really interesting to talk to. And I think around that time, I was the first time I really had to reckon with the fact that I also liked men. Mm-hmm. And probably I,
1: difficult, difficult to like come d- up to that wall and be like, "Is this real?"
0: Yeah, and it was and it was also relatively later. It means later than most people really really start thinking about that because I think most people, it's either middle and high school or it's college. And I knew quite a few people who came out in college. I knew I knew a couple people who came out in high school. Mm. Um, I don't know anyone who came out in grad school, or who, who even who realize that they were queer
1: in grad school or That's if they a, do come out in grad school it's this i'm queer <laughs> like it's almost like it's their thesis a little bit of like yeah this is what i've re- discovered and this is how i'm relevant
0: and and for me i think that was it was a long process of really accepting that because i think i internalized i don't even know from where because my my family has always been very i don't know why my i haven't told my parents yet they don't know? They don't know.
1: We'll go ahead and tag them in the podcast.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know why I haven't told them yet because I know they'd be fine with it. My parents yeah. are very progressive Jews. They're not very religious. What
1: do you think it is?
0: I think I just don't want to have that conversation.
1: Because it makes you have to look at it in yeah, a, in a it, deeper way?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think that's probably why. I think that's because I need, then I need to think about it. Then it becomes like a bigger part of me. I think then maybe it's like... I don't know. It's just for some reason, I just don't want to have that conversation. Right. And I'd rather just be... Um, I'd ra- I, I guess I don't really feel the need to... If I end up dating a guy, then they'll know. But... Um, it, and if not, then, you know, why have that conversation? Yeah. Um. I think that... I, I know a few people who have kind of had that attitude. I know a few people um, from college who... I knew who were gay, who uh, who just never felt the need to come out. Because the answer was, well, you know, it's it, it, they'll know or they won't know. I'll bring a guy home and they'll know. I, I have a big conversation announcing it. And that's probably how I'll do it. You know, it's probably if if I ever date a guy, then I'll let them know. And if not, then, then, you know, if it comes up, it comes up. Sure. Um it's cool that
1: your parents are supportive. That's yeah, um, they. W- I know they would that's be. That's such an asset. There's,
0: there's no part of me at all that thinks that they would be anything less than supportive. Yeah, um, I'm a hundred percent convinced of that. They, they, you know, ever since I was li- my one of my closest friends going up had two moms, and when well, I was very little going up at uh, two uh, two moms, and I remember asking my dad about it, and he's and uh, he said. Uh, no, just some, some people have two, two, uh, have a mom and a dad. Some people have two dads. Some people have two moms. And uh, they were very early advocates. To, they really cared a lot about uh, about gay rights. Even when I was, it was one of the things that really animated me and, and made me interested in politics when mm-hmm. I was at a young age was uh, my parents were very staunch supporters of same-sex marriage yeah. before it was popular. and uh, So I know that 100% they would be.
1: Yeah, but, uh, but there's still, that's fascinating. There's still there's a blockage. There's still a block, yeah. I wonder what that is. I wonder if it has to do with, like, the connection with the parent or, like, maybe the child wants to have some autonomy or some, I think like, maybe inner. maybe it's an
0: autonomy thing. Maybe it's just there's something I want kind of to be mine. Um, and the impulse I'm to really
1: share it, it feels like it would violate that.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I think part of it as well is because my experience with men ends up, in practice being less romantic and being a bit oh, more so sexual. So you're sharing just the
1: carnal feel, side yeah, of it. It, yeah. it. it
0: doesn't feel like maybe Man, like, likes
1: to fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like I'm sharing like oh, I also have romantic feelings for men. It feels like I'm sharing. We have anal dick. sex, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And I get that. I think that to me, um and maybe that's a little bit of internalized homophobia. Maybe a little of that's just I, I recognize that's probably a little bit of it I think a little of it is there's a sense in our culture that homosexuality is far more of like a sexual thing in a way heterosexuality doesn't have to be yeah that you can if you take a woman home you know your parents aren't going you don't you don't have to people aren't going to be necessarily thinking oh they fuck but for gay men there's just this for a lot of people the first thing they think of is well that's about sex
1: yeah. Well, I mean, and, and part of it has to do with, like, the libido of men yeah, towards each other. Yeah, do of I do libido of men. I, I, don't think there's, um, I
0: don't think there's nothing to it, but I think it's a, it's a little bit bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit of that internalized feeling that makes me think. Yeah, that's it, it, probably it. It's probably, like I think, the one I'm telling them is, hey, mom, hey, dad, here's what I like to do in bed.
1: My asshole gets big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I, I like
0: it in my mouth.
1: <laughs> Jesse Horowitz. Oh, uh, I, we, I, we have less time than I wanted to have, so we'll do this again. Absolutely. Because I wanted to talk about your play, I wanted to talk about your comedy right. more, I wanted to talk about...
0: I do want to promote quickly my musical, though, if Please I do. Could. So, should I look in the camera, or should I... Yeah, the,
1: the one on the left. All right,
0: the one on the left. Hello there, America. <laughs> so, if you happen to be in New York on October 9th uh, at 2 p.m. at the Todai Youth Theater, a musical I co-wrote called Manhunt is going to be uh, premiering. It is a uh, horror musical. It's it's not a comedy, but there is some some humor to it. It's going to be a wonderful time. I guarantee it's going to scare the shit out of you, and if it doesn't, you have my permission to come to Thomas's house and take any one of his cameras. Anyone. You can take this camera, you can take the cameraman, anything you want.
1: Definitely just take the guy and leave. <laughs> because I've seen it. Total shit. I'm going to be on <laughs> <laughs> cool man well thank you for coming on and uh we'll do this thank again guys, because absolutely. i want to uh, just even in the conversation i can feel like we could go a lot of different oh, places yeah. and we should do more um but yeah so jesse is uh, a friend of mine that i developed from doing stand-up and just a fucking just a bright light in the scene of thank someone you. who's just themselves you feel i doesn't feel like you've got any airs or pretension to you You're just there because you like comedy and you want to practice your shit yeah um so this has been cool getting to know you and um yeah yeah, we'll do this again again. see everyone